Hello and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life. We live in a world largely driven by numbers, logic and reason. But how we feel at work and about our work impacts us, our organisations and society. There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michrielon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences. And it's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your uniqueness shine. Hello and welcome to episode 122, 122 of Life Beyond the Numbers. And this episode is going out on Saturday, March 11th, 2023. It started out like any normal January day. And it was a bit colder than usual, but for the most part, I moved through my day like I would any other Thursday. Crossfit, calls, work, writing. We did take a walk into town that evening. In a funny way, it seemed to make more sense to be outside and moving than inside and sitting. And when we were in town, we thought, why not get some pub grub? And we did. When we'd finished, himself went to pay the bill And I checked my phone. And one message changed everything. I'm always amazed at how things can change in an instant. Just one moment is all it takes. Our lives are a series of moments. We live moment to moment to moment. But it doesn't really feel like that. We know that we never really know what's around the corner, yet we get disillusioned when things don't go the way we thought they would. We get surprised when we don't expect something. And we can also get a massive shock. Some events will strike us to our very core, and no matter who we are, these moments can have a profound impact on the moments, days, and weeks that follow. That Thursday evening was Thursday, Jan 19th. And the message that I'd received was to phone home. I'd also had some missed calls. Because my mom and aunt had been involved in a car accident. I got through to dad and he recounted the story. The accident had happened only about a mile from our home. 
he and my uncle had been called to the scene, and my mom, aunt and a second driver had been taken to the nearest hospital by ambulance. About a 45 minute drive, both were conscious and both were definitely injured. But that's really all we knew. My brother, sister and I spent the next while, the rest of that evening, I guess, messaging one another, speaking to one another and wondering what lay ahead. Next morning, Dad was in touch early. He'd received a call around midnight to go into Tralee to the hospital to be with Mum. He'd gone in, spent some time with her and was back home again. Her condition, he said, was as follows. She had multiple broken and fractured ribs on both sides, a fractured collarbone, a punctured lung, several fractures in her back and more. She'll be in hospital for some time, two weeks or more, he reckoned. My aunt had a couple of broken ribs, broken her nose, broken bones in her forehead and her pelvis. We all decided to travel home and met in Dublin airport early on Saturday morning. Flew down to Kerry and headed straight to the hospital. I always find it a bit of a shock to arrive into a hospital. I think the smell hits me first. And then the sounds of footsteps echoing through corridors or hurried footsteps with people rushing to respond to some sound that perhaps is out of the ordinary. Then the sight of people who are in distress, injured or sick. It's always a reminder of how lucky we are to be healthy and well. Mom was in the CCU and we could only visit her one at a time. I went first and it was my first time ever to go into one of these units. The staff were so welcoming and amazing. My mom had constant care. I think the first thing that struck me was how alert she was and how full of life. She was probably the most outspoken I've ever heard her. I'm sure the medication was helping with that and perhaps the adrenaline. And she was hooked up to all sorts of monitors, oxygen and other things. And she had her sense of humour. She even told me that the nurses had been calling herself and my aunt, Thelma and Louise. And she found this very amusing and wondered which one she was. Or maybe she told me which one she wasn't. And she was telling me that she'd be walking before long, tomorrow probably, and hoped to be home by the time her grandkids, my niece and nephew, visited in the first week of Feb. Each of us went in and got to see mom and my aunt and then we headed for home for Dingle to my dad and my uncle. We all had dinner together that evening, dinner that one of our neighbours had so kindly cooked and dropped to our house just in case we might need it. 
Boy, did we need it. And we devoured it. And when we were all there together, we chatted and we laughed. In fact, we spent the evening laughing. I don't even remember what we were talking about or what set us off. But it was such a tension release. It was like this massive outpouring of laughter that just made everything seem a little bit less frightening and scary. And even June and I were sharing a bed that night and I remember us giggling like schoolgirls when we dressed the bed. The next week or so in Ireland was an intense experience. We travelled to the hospital on a daily basis to see both my mom and my aunt. Their injuries really were extensive. When we met with the doctor, who was such a compassionate and caring man, he told us all that was going on. Mom had 15 broken ribs. 15 broken ribs. Do you know how many ribs we have? I had no idea. And I remember looking it up later that evening. We have 24 ribs. So if you think that for every three ribs mom has, two of them were broken. She also had a broken collarbone, broken sternum, punctured lung and three spinal fractures. Later in the week, she was moved from CCU into the same ward where my aunt was. And there were six people in this ward, including my mom and my aunt, M&M, mom and Margaret. And I think M&M were the life and soul of the party. They were reunited again and my aunt was absolutely delighted to be able to keep an eye on her younger sister. The intensity of the experience for us was relieved massively by the people in our lives. Our family near and far. They were there for us. They wanted to help. They wanted to support us and we absolutely felt it. Our neighbours called, dropped food off, offered lifts, words of support, hugs, friendly smiles. We felt held. And our friends, near and far. I'm not sure that if you instinctively know that you need people around you, but I found myself contacting my friends one by one and letting them know what was going on. Some of them I hadn't been in touch with for quite a while, but I knew I needed their support. I'm so glad that I did because their support got me through the following days and weeks. And even still, I've had messages this morning inquiring how M&M are doing. And the friends that are in my life all the time who are, you know, people that I see or talk to more often, 
were even more present than ever. There were so many shoulders to lean on. It was powerful. But I do want to give a special shout out to one person in particular, Deirdre Dorgan. Deirdre nurses in the hospital where mom and Margaret are. And from day one, Deirdre was a massive support. She would visit mom and Margaret, check in on them, and they had a familiar face smiling at them, watching over them. She sent me updates on their progress. She helped arrange visits to the hospital and so, so much more. And Deirdre, if you are listening, we are all beyond grateful for your support and your care and your generous nature. I returned to Oxford at the end of January and the contrast between the intensity of the trip to Ireland and my life in Oxford was stark. For the first time in, I don't know how long, perhaps ever, I felt so alone and so lost. The silence was deafening. And the first morning after I got back, I was opening the blinds in the living room and watching people go by on their way to work or to drop the kids to school, whatever. And I was struck by how they were going about their days as normal. How could they? Didn't they know that everything was different? It was such a surreal disconnect between the reality in my mind of where my life was and, of course, their life was just going on as normal. Nothing had changed. When you think about it, the world keeps spinning round whether you're there or not. I just stepped out of my world for a little bit to this other world and here I was back again with everything proceeding as normal. Over the next few days, I was at a loss as what to do. Everything just seemed pointless and not in a, I want to give up on things way, but just in a, does any of this actually matter? I'd already cleared much of my schedule and decided I was just going to clear most of February. I knew I needed to focus on getting back to myself, processing what had gone on, I guess prioritising my own self-care and well-being. I needed to eat properly, sleep properly, exercise, talk to people, meet people, spend time with himself. And I did. But I did find myself sitting at my desk a few times. Because a part of me really wanted to get on and do stuff. And each time I would attempt to do something, I would stop and stare out the window and wonder, what matters? I'm 
began to ask variations of this question more and more. Like, what matters here? What actually matters? Does this really matter? What matters most? And I didn't feel the need to take pen to paper and write anything down. I had been journaling earlier and that definitely helped me. But this was more of a, I don't know, it was like a, as the, the thoughts came up, they seemed to hit a sort of invisible force field that helped them fade into the distance if they weren't important enough, if they didn't matter, before a debate could take place. So it was kind of like some sort of sorting function. No, not important. Out. Next. And only the things that really mattered seemed to make their way through this force field in a way that I could feel them on a visceral level. And what's interesting to me is I remember last year making a list of things that mattered most. And sure, of course, some of these things came up now, but there was such a stark difference between thinking them and feeling them. There's a knowing that accompanies the feeling. And it's a bit like when noise is drowning out the bird song that you can hear in the distance. And when the noise goes, you can hear that sweet song loud and clear. In the following week, I edited two podcast episodes. And both of these episodes had been recorded during the week of the accident. Episode 120 and 121. And episode 121 had been recorded on the morning of the accident. And believe me, editing both of these episodes provided me with some meaningful insights. And I'm going to play a couple of snippets from both. Firstly, Sam spoke about some news she had received about a family member. From some news that I received in my family with regards to a family member who has now been diagnosed with cancer, I'm being with both of those things and accepting them both. Which, that word, acceptance, It's an interesting one because I think a lot of us grapple with, do we accept something that we don't want it to be like that? Oh, no way. To imagine a loved one suffering, being in pain, going through this process is awful. And yet it is a part of life and it's bloody hard to accept. And yet it's really the only option we have. (laughs) And I think like in my case anyway, what I notice is that when I feel that resistance coming, then just acknowledging it and allowing it to be there 
is one step on that path towards acceptance. I don't think we accept from one second to the next. I think it's a process, but I do believe a lot of it is softening to our experience. So softening into what's hard. Well, I like this acceptance and softening into what's hard. During the frequent trips to the hospital, we've spoken a lot to M&M about acceptance. And they were, Mom, Margaret, both of them, accepting what had happened. I mean, it's easy to say you have no choice but to accept. And yet we resist reality often. So we as a family, we're beginning to accept this new normal, for want of a better phrase. And I was softening into what was hard. Beginning to see, and not beginning to see, but beginning to really understand that pushing away how I was feeling about the experience or fearing it wasn't the answer. It's far better to face it, feel it and accept it. And then Robbie talked about when our worldview changes. We have this worldview that develops with all these stories that make complete sense and the world makes sense. And when our worldview changes, it, it almost always gives us a better, more true way of seeing what's happening in the world. When something breaks your worldview, where you have a way of seeing the world and then something means that, that you can't ignore that that doesn't make sense. Often it's a kind of involuntary thing. He's ill, somebody's dying, somebody's broken up with me. Sometimes it's a voluntary thing, like a learning experience or a retreat can kind of do this as well. And at that time, it feels a lot easier to get those things that really help us. The book comes in and it's like, oh, all this, is, I can see now that all this is true. And that if I applied it, I, I can change my life for the better and, and see things. But when I wouldn't have done that as easily at other times, because things are more entrenched. And then like, it can come in all kinds of ways. Listening to this, I realised that this is what had gone on. My worldview had changed. And what mattered most floated to the surface easily as a result of this. I returned to Ireland again for a week in mid-February. It was amazing to see the changes in Eminem. And dad and my uncle were both settling into their new normal as well. Mom had been on the flat of her back without really moving at all for a number of weeks now. And while I was at home, she got to sit out and she took her first steps, equipped with all sorts of braces and equipment and people helping her. But she still started to show signs of improvement like that. And this week, she's taken some steps on crutches. So her first steps on her long road to recovery. My aunt is also making great progress. And while they're both still in hospital, they are being cared for and looked after so well. They have a road ahead to climb 
but their will and spirit is strong. There's a drive and a determination to get back to normal. And I can say for myself that it's really only been in this last week that I've been getting back to my normal. I even recorded a version of this episode last week and while editing it, I realised that I sounded exhausted and I also didn't have enough distance from it all to connect the dots in a way that captured what I'd learned and would make sense to anyone other than me I suppose so I let it go and instead today there are three things that I want to leave you with and the first one is moments I began this episode talking about moments and how life can change in an instant And our life is made up of moments, moments that merge together so easily. But some stand out for years. But I think it's not to forget the little moments, the little moments in our lives that maybe we take for granted that can actually really have an impact on ourselves or others later. And a really simple example of this for me was about four or five days after the accident. On the counter, near the cooker in our kitchen in Dingle, I found this small tub of broccoli that none of us had noticed in the previous days. Now the broccoli was growing mould and beginning to smell. And I'm guessing my parents had had broccoli for lunch that day. And there was some leftover, so my mom had put it into a tub that she would put into the fridge later when it had cooled down. And she went out. But she never came back. She never came home that evening and hasn't been home since. And I thought about the people who Maybe don't get a second chance when things like this happen. Or the people who those moments are the final moments. We all do things that we don't think about on a day-to-day basis. And we all put things off until later. But I suppose I found this fascinating, grounding even, how every single thing we do no matter how inconsequential to us, might mean something to someone else, then or later, every moment is precious. Are you treating them that way? These little things, these little day-to-day things add up to a life. Make sure that your life is well-lived because life as we've seen, can change in an instant. The world goes on whether we're on it or not. It's not personal. It is moment by moment. Any moment can be our last, but every moment can matter.
And the second thing is, do you know what matters most? Do you know what brings you joy, happiness, fulfillment? And if you don't, ask yourself the question. Even if when push comes to shove or in the heat of the moment, you learn that it's something else, why not spend some time now and think about it? Don't leave it until you have no choice but to think about it. And if you can, remove things from your day-to-day to help you achieve that. You'll benefit and so will others in your life. Less is more. We have a tendency to add things on in order to improve, but it seems like the secret lies in subtracting. I know my health and well-being are vital and that all work and no play is no way for me to be. I need fun and laughter in my life. I know the importance of family and friends and something that I was really reminded of during this time was the importance of community. And Deirdre, the nurse I mentioned earlier, reminded me of an Irish proverb. And that basically translates to mean that we live in one another's shadow. Or perhaps another way to look at it is that we depend on each other, not only to survive, but to thrive. That we shelter one another and we have each other's backs. I read somewhere recently that we are brought up to be generous and self-sufficient. So we're happy to help others, but often feel we can cope ourselves. So go help others and let others help you. I am beyond grateful to all of you who've had my back. And I know that I'll be happy to lend a shoulder or my back when needed. So surround yourself with people you love and who love you and go have their backs and let others have yours. And finally, courage. This is also something that Robbie spoke about. The beauty of confidence coming on the other side is that what comes on this side is, in my view, one of the absolute most admirable qualities that humans can ever personify, which is courage, which is acting in the face of fear. There's almost nothing as inspiring as you see it in athletes. It's why X Factor was a huge hit, right? Because there were these acts of courage that you could watch. The acts of courage, that was the thing that brought tears to people's eyes. When people have been asking me about mom in the last week or so, I've been joking that she'll be running the half marathon with me in Dingle this September. When the accident happened, lots of people kept saying, bones heal, bones heal, bones heal. And they do. And the medical professionals, without a doubt, help that healing process. Because there was more than just bones involved. But there's also something else. There's courage. There is the courage it takes to take that first step. And in those first steps, when your legs go from under you because they've turned to jelly because you've been on your back for so long and that frightens you, 
You need courage to get up and do it again the next day. So with that courage comes a will, a determination, a spirit that is so full of life. And I can see that in my mom who is ready to put everything into this to get better. No way she given up and deciding that she's not going to be able to walk again or anything like that. And neither is my aunt. Maybe it's a generational thing. I can't imagine I'd have the same amount of resilience. They are inspirational, truly. But perhaps we never really know what we're capable. And there's so much that we can learn from people who overcome the odds, who fly in the face of adversity, who have courage to take those steps. We're all capable of so much more than we allow ourselves to imagine. I firmly believe that. And sometimes it does take a moment, like the one I've been talking about, to see that actually I can do this. What's stopping me? And so for me, going forward, when I doubt myself, or I'm listening to that thought that goes, I don't know if I can do this, I'm going to be thinking about Eminem. I'm thinking to myself, look at what they've done. Surely I can do this. They may well have said a few years ago, if something like this had happened, that they would never have coped. But we can. We are resilient. We're born to survive and we're born to thrive. So if there's something, anything out there that you really want to do, do it. Find the courage Take that first step. And look at everyone with fresh eyes, wonder and amazement. And think of what they are capable of too. Every single one of us is oozing with the capacity and ability to do things that we imagine we can't. Do you know what's stopping you? Go for it, get out, find it, do it, have courage. And mom, if you're listening, keep going, keep going. Maybe you're not going to make the Jingle Half Marathon with me this year, but there's always next year. Before signing out, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. It was a deeply personal episode. And if anyone is going through anything similar, if anything in this episode resonated with you and you'd like to talk to somebody, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to be a shoulder to lean on. And thank you for bearing with me in the last while because my schedule... (laughs) been a bit erratic 
and I have definitely fallen behind in interviews and all these other things but hey that's okay hopefully by next month I'll be back into a normal routine again and in the meantime just bear with me while I get up and running again until next time thank you thank you so much for listening I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode if something rang through for you be sure to let me know or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too and if you enjoy helping others I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.